Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris, and I'm just so glad you're here. This podcast is designed to dig below the surface and to hold space for meaningful conversations. We're going to talk about life and love and basically everything in between. This is a place where done is better than perfect, where quality triumphs quantity, and where you can really just come as you are. So go ahead and leave that Superman cape of having it all together at the door because life is freaking messy. Don't I know it, y'all? Now, not only are we going to be real, we're going to have fun too. Scout's honor. I promise you this. I will find any excuse to bring up Beyonce or the latest episode of The Bachelorette. So if you're a new friend, you are so welcome. And before we get started, pause and make sure you're subscribed to the Refined Collective Podcast on iTunes so that each week when a new episode drops, it'll download straight to those devices. And if you're an old friend, um, welcome back. Hi there. I already know you're all subscribed and good to go, but would you do me a quick favor? Hop on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and written review. I would be incredibly grateful for that. Now, I used to feel like all weird and awkward about asking you to do this, but then I listened to Oprah's podcast and even she asks her listeners to do it. In the podcast world, those subscribes and ratings and reviews really, really help us. So thank you in advance. You are the best. Finally, if something stands out to you in this episode, find me on Instagram at The Refined Woman or my podcast specific account at The Refined Collective and send me a message. I would absolutely love to hear from you. All right, let's go ahead and get to it. Welcome to another episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. I am your host, Kat Harris. Thank you for being here with me today. I am doing a solo show on the TV show, Love is Blind. So if you haven't seen Love is Blind, um, first of all, like, where have you been? Um, It's like all over Netflix and the internet. It's crazy town. Um, If you want to watch it, it's on Netflix. If you want to know all the spoiler alerts, just Google it. But basically... I watched this show, like, I did, like, a Netflix binge on it and was, like, jaw on the floor, like, kind of, like, horrified, but also, like, enchanted by the whole thing. And ever since, you guys have been asking me to do a show on it. And now that I am in quarantine, I figured this is a great time to sit in a closet staring at a wall and just having a conversation with myself and now you about all the things that I think about Love is Blind. Okay, first things first, if you do not know what Love is Blind is, like, here's the general premise of the show. So it's based, it's reality TV. Nick Lachey and his wife are the hosts, which they don't really do anything. Like, kind of like, why are you guys there? But essentially, there's, you know, a handful of women, a handful of men. They are living, who knows, it looks like they're living in some sort of warehouse and in the span of 10 days, they go on these like different sort of like speed dating to get to know each other. And by the end of the 10 days, they're like either decide, do I want to marry this person or not? So at the end of the 10 days, there's a proposal. 
And then after the proposal, they have 30 days until their actual wedding day. So it's insane. What adds another layer onto this is that until engagement, they don't see each other once. So every single date that they have are in these pods where there's a wall separating them so they can hear each other, but they can't see each other. And y'all watching the show is crazy because you're literally seeing people after three, four, five days of talking to someone, like nothing physical, like nothing, like no, nothing visual that they're saying, I have found the love of my life. I've never felt so known. I've never been so vulnerable or had someone open up to me like this. And then you're seeing these proposals after proposals after proposals. It's wild. Now, here's a fun fact before I give you all my commentary on (laughs) Love is Blind, because I think there's like some really interesting things that we can like kind of pull out some principles and learn from them. And then also like lessons that we can learn from watching people fumble their way through dating on live national television, which I just want to say we should just have a lot more grace for people in that space, even though they're signing up for it. It's like, man, I can be a hot mess like on any given day. And I'm really glad that I don't have a camera crew hanging around me. Um, But fun fact is that the show was filmed almost two years ago and the couples who got married are still together. Like what? Um, So spoiler alert, the couples that got married and are together are Lauren and Cameron who basically carried the show. They are so sweet and so cute and so humble. And they had the first proposal. Like I feel like it was like on day one or two, Cameron was like, I am going to marry this person. And you're just like, what the what is happening? And then he proposed and they got married on the show a year and a half later. They're still together and seemingly in love. The other couple that got married and are still together, in my opinion, this is like the odd couple that made it are Barnett and Amber. Now, I think it's like, I'm kind of surprised that they've made it is they seem so much alike and both kind of like, woo and party and let's go out and let's not have responsibility. And they have made it and seem to be doing really well. So sometimes, you know, opposites attract and sometimes very, very similar people attract and they make it work. So ultimately, you just never know who you're going to end up with, right? Okay, I think, though, one of my favorite things about Love is Blind is I feel like it's basically a metaphor for dating as a Christian. I mean, you can watch a show like this and be like, these people are bonkers. You do not even know someone and you're falling in love with them. And I'm like, hello, world. Welcome to dating in the church. Because how many times in, like, Christian culture or, like, religious circles are girls or I don't know if guys are like this, but girls, we can be crazy. We talk to a guy once and we're like, oh my gosh, he's the one. God spoke to me. Like, I met my husband and we rush into marriage after three months. I live in New York now, so that's, like, less the case. But when I lived in the South, it was like, oh my gosh, like, people would marry for, like, two months, three months, six months, and then get married. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. I also kind of think that God might like play a joke on me and maybe I'll meet my husband and get married in three months because I can judge people so hardcore for that. 
But I do feel like if you, if people, if you ever have people in your life who like aren't Christian and they're like, what's dating like in the church? Like show them an episode of Love is Blind and then show them the episode of The Bachelor and be like, well, yeah, dating in the church is like there's one guy and 30 girls all kind of fighting over this one guy that like not everyone like totally likes, but he's like the only one there. So, okay. Reality TV. Christian dating metaphor. Okay, so what do I like about Love is Blind? Like, what about the process that I think was really interesting? Number one, the intentions are out in the open from day one. You're there and marriage is the goal. Ultimately, yeah, people might be there because they're wanting to be influencers or whatever. But I think in dating, a principle that is so helpful is when the intentions are out there in the open. Like, when you know, like, oh, this is a date, And you're not like, oh, is this a friend zone or is this a casual hang or is he looking for something serious or not? Like those like looming like questions like make me feel like I'm in purgatory. And I feel like there's so much freedom and pressure released when you know like why you're both there and what you're both looking for. So this is why in dating relationships, even when I'm doing online from the very beginning, I like casually but clearly state what I'm looking for just to create space for that person to tell me what they're looking for. Um, so I'll, you know, online dating, I'll do stuff on my profile, like say like looking for something serious, no pen pals, please. Um, or if I start talking to someone, then yeah, hey, just, you know, want to let you know, like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here looking for a relationship. Um, just want to get that out there. And often a lot of like online dating apps, I know Bumble definitely does this. You can like put in there what you're looking for. So under like age, religion, it also says what they're looking for. So casual, hookup, long-term relationship, don't know yet. So when I know, I just think it's super important to have that out there in the open. And that is like what I loved most about that process. And I was like, let's learn from this. Like if we all show up and say, here's what we're looking for, then yeah, things like things become clear much quicker because if you're like, oh, like I'm ready to get married and then you go on a date with someone and they're like, I'm just looking for a hookup, then okay, great. No wasted time. But when you don't put that out there, then you could be getting to know someone who is totally not looking for the same thing you are. So that's number one, what I liked about the process. Number two, I loved how the whole process of love is blind, like put the heart before the physical because man, I am such a physical person. I love like physical connection. I love making out. I think it like sexual attraction is like such a beautiful part of a relationship. And ultimately, if you do not want to have sex with the person you're with, or you don't have sexual attraction to the person you're with, then they're just a friend. And like sex is what makes someone like a partner and not a roommate, right? So I'm not saying that it's not important to have that physical attraction, but I know for me that like when I enter that physical into the relationship too soon, it can muddy the waters of discernment for me. I mean, I dated a guy off and on for several years in my 20s who we had this crazy sexual chemistry. And honestly, if we had never made out, (laughs) I probably would have gone on two dates with a guy and been like, oh, you know what? We have nothing in common and we're actually not a good fit and we don't really get along. We don't like to do the same things. Our values are different. But because we were so physical, it really 
it really clouded my judgment. Um, you can have incredible physical chemistry with someone and have nothing in common. So the whole idea of love is blind, like putting the heart before the physical, I thought that was so incredible um, because it really allows you to get to know someone before getting, before adding that dynamic and dimension to the relationship. And I also think it's really cool too, because attraction can grow. Like how many times have you met someone and you're like, oh, I don't really think they're that cute. And then you get to know them and know their heart and their heart becomes so attractive to you. And all of a sudden, you see this person in front of you and you're like, you are the hottest person in the whole entire world. And how did I not see that before? So I think that can be really cool. And I think we saw that in this process, like people connecting who may have never, like Lauren and Cameron, perfect example. Uh, Lauren had never dated a white guy before and she got to know his heart and was so attracted to his heart. And then when they met in person, it was like that physical attraction grew even more. This episode of the Refined Collective Podcast is brought to you by my very own free guide for single women, six tips to activate your dating life. Raise your hand if dating as a woman of faith in today's swipe right, swipe left culture has ever felt like a total struggle fest. Or maybe being single in our culture today feels overwhelming, lonely, discouraging, frustrating. And maybe if you're being really honest, It can even feel hopeless. Listen, single gal to single gal, I totally get it. But did you know that doing the same thing over and over again while expecting different results is known as the insanity cycle? Friend, it is time to walk into a freeing, exciting, and purpose-filled season of singleness. It's time to activate your dating life. I created a free guide for you, and by free, I mean zero dollars, called Six Tips to Activate Your Dating Life to equip you to shake things up in your season of singleness. You can grab it right now at bit.ly slash TRW dating tips. Now you will walk away knowing number one, the biggest mindset shift that will transform how you show up in your dating life. Number two, I'm going to teach you how to get unstuck in your dating life. And three, I will show you the number one thing you can start doing today that will radically change your season of singleness. And finally, the three things I wish someone would have told me 10 years ago about dating. You don't have to wander around for years like I did, insecure, uncertain, and discouraged about your dating or lack thereof life. So if any of this resonates with you, pause and go to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash T-R-W dating tips and grab your free guide. Again, that's bit.ly slash T-R-W dating tips. All right, let's get back to it. So fun fact about me and blind dating is I actually was filmed for a YouTube series on a blind date. It's called The Skin Deep, and you can Google it. We'll put it in the show notes. Uh, It's called, like, This Was a Great First Date or something. So essentially, I got, like, booked on this job for YouTube and went on a blind date and literally, like, had a blindfold on my eyes. And then we, for the entire time we were talking, we had blindfolds on. And then at the end, when we saw each other, it was like, whoa, oh my gosh, like, 
what the heck is happening here? Um, and I can tell you like that experience for me, like this person was not someone that I would have seen down the street and been like, oh, he's cute. Like he wasn't necessarily my type. He is a good looking guy. Like you'll see it on the video, but wasn't necessarily my type. But I'll tell you what, by the end of that, and I wasn't his type either. But by the end of the YouTube, by the end of the filming, we were both like uber attracted to each other. Um, so I've personally had those scenarios where like not having the physical and just getting to know someone's heart has been like so powerful. Now, spoiler alert, like it didn't work out with me and the guy because we were at totally different parts of our lives looking for something totally different. But it was such a good experience for me to have a moment where like I felt attraction to another person. And I think sometimes, I don't know if I feel this just in general, or this is like being in Christian culture and the church and feeling like sometimes I just want to like feel like a woman and feel attracted and like someone sexually attracted to me and feel a connection with someone. And I definitely experienced that in this experience with um, with the skin deep on my own blind date. And I think what's good about that too is that, you know, not all dates have to end in marriage. Like maybe God has this person in your life so you can learn something. Maybe it's just a lesson or maybe it's just an, an experience that you can have with another human being that God really loves, like an, uh, an interaction with another person. Um, so I think getting to have like human connections with other people, regardless if we marry them or not, like are positive. And I think if we showed up that way and dating more, it would remove pressure and we'd have a lot more positive experiences. And honestly, I think there'd be a lot more dating because we put so much pressure on, is this going to be a thing? Is this going to end in marriage? We kill things before they start or don't even give them a chance because we're like, oh, this is a definite. No, I'm definitely not interested. Well, maybe, but maybe not. Like, give it a shot. Like, what's the worst that could happen? All right. Definitely going on a little bit of a tangent there. Okay, here's the last thing that I really loved from the Love is Blind is when you're going into that scenario, when you're going into like, I'm going to be in a pod, I'm not going to be able to like see someone, I'm just getting to know them, like it's going to get deeper quick. And so I think it's so like, you have to know what you want, right? Like you have to know what you're looking for. So there has to be like a level of self-awareness, emotional intelligence, this beginner's mindset to learn and grow and be curious about another person. And as far as like going into like literally walking in blindly somewhere, I think it's so important to know like, what are my non-negotiables that I'm looking for in a relationship versus preferences? Like my preference is that the guy would be taller than me and that he could pick me up. Guys, I'm a tall girl. Like I'm five nine without shoes on. So any sort of shoes I have on makes me close to six feet and I'm an athlete. And so it would just make me feel more comfortable if I was with the guy taller than me. But is that a deal breaker? Well, no. Like, what if God has something different for me? Like, and I've dated a lot of guys smaller than me, shorter than me, and was very attracted to them. And so kind of distinguishing between that's a preference. It's not bad. It's not evil. It's not ungodly that I want that, but hold it in its proper place. Because really what's non-negotiable for me is, does this person 
love Jesus with his heart, mind, soul, and strength? Does he have integrity? Does he have vision for his life? Does he love people well? Love God, love people. It is so important to me that the person that I'm with like loves people well. And then can we have fun together? This used to not be on my non-negotiable list, but I'm like, listen, if like we can't laugh together, how are we going to get through like the craziness of life together? I really think like the couples that lasted, especially Lauren and Cameron, like they were they were able to progress in their relationship because they both knew at a core level and with their values what they were looking for. Those are the things that I love about Love is Blind. How are you doing? Are you staying with me? I wish we were having this conversation together. Um, And then there's just like a few things, like a few lessons that I feel like I picked up from the show that were really helpful for me. Of course, I'm going to talk about Lauren and Cameron again because they basically carried the show. They said something or Lauren said something in an interview after it went live on Netflix. And she said, you know, when we decided to get married, like we decided we were all in and that we were going to make it work. And they just made this mutual decision that like, there's not a back door. Like we love each other. We're committed. We're not going anywhere. And I think that is so compelling in a culture like ours today of postmodernism and living my truth. Like we are literally taught to do what feels good, stay a part of something as long as it feels good. Now, obviously if there's like abuse and dysfunction, like I'm not talking about that, but we're so used to instant gratification and getting what we want when we want that as soon as we have to like work or conflict resolution, then we want to be out. I think there's something like really important that we can learn from this principle of like when you're in, you're in and like be committed to working through the hard things. That is what's going to make a relationship work. Not like, is he hot? Do I want to jump his bones right now? Like, yeah, do you want to be sexually attracted? But you want to be with someone that has a humble heart that's willing to lean in and press into hard conversations and be a part of things even when it doesn't feel good. Now, another major lesson learned is men do not want a mother. They want a partner. Like, ah, I was just cringing when I saw Jessica just chasing after Barnett post-engagement at all those parties. Like, oh my gosh. And you can tell she's trying to like be encouraging and check in on him and mother him. And like, girls, when we start mothering men, we instantly like, cut off any sort of like romance with that person. I did it for so long and wondered why, like, why am I in the friend zone so often? Well, it's because like guys don't want a mom. They already have that. They want a partner. They want a girlfriend. They want a wife. Um, And also I feel like another thing from the whole Jessica Barnett thing is like, it was so clear that he was not into her and she just kept trying to like do this negotiation thing with him. Like, And I just wanted to be like, oh, honey, like, stop. Like, you're worth so much more than that. Move on. Because if a guy likes you, you'll know. And I'm not opposed to putting myself out there. And, you know, Jessica put herself out there with him. But once that wasn't reciprocated, she should have moved on, right? Like, and how many times as women do we jump through hoops and play these negotiation games with guys? Well, maybe if I do this, he'll like me. Or maybe if he sees me in this scenario. Y'all, real talk, I was friends with a guy for seven years and constantly was like trying to work my way into making him. I was like campaigning for this guy to like me. And really what was going on is I didn't think I was worthy of the type of relationship I really wanted because 
I shouldn't have to convince a guy to like me and neither should you. So if the guy doesn't like you and you've already put it out there and he's like, listen, I'm not there. Move on. God has a man for you that is going to be all in. 2020 is in full swing and I don't know about you, but I am here for it. I'm also here human to human to ask you for support. Help me friend to help you. The Refine Collective podcast is one of my most favorite projects that I have ever worked on in my career, but it is definitely a labor of love. We have quite a bit of hard cost each month from software and subscription services to my team who edit and produce the episodes to licensing music and running logistics for all things Refined Collective. Now, because of that, I want to invite you, yes, you, to join our Patreon community. Patreon is this incredible platform that helps listeners financially support their favorite podcasts. You can support the Refined Collective podcast for as little as $5 a month. And we made a bunch of fun different tiers that are jam-packed with free goodies and VIP access to our newest content. And you will be notified before anyone else about our upcoming live events. I'll also be going to you first to find out what questions you want answered and what topics you want covered moving forward. So in the midst of a wild year, I want to ask you, friend, if you'd be willing to link arms with my team and me and sharing some of the load and helping make the Refined Collective podcast the best it can possibly be. So if you want to learn more or sign up today, head on over to patreon.com slash the Refined Collective. Again, that's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash the Refined Collective. Thank you so, so much for being a part of this community. All right, next lesson learned, don't ignore the flags. Oh my gosh, y'all. Amber was bragging almost about like her credit card debt and putting all these like Sephora shopping sprees on credit cards. And I was like, hello, like... I would not say that's like a red flag, but an extreme, I would definitely say that's a big yellow flag that you want to be talking with your partner about. How do they spend money? Another major red flag, if they're not over their ex, like, you know, poor Mark, as Jessica's campaigning for Barnett when she's engaged to another person, if the person you're with is not over someone else, like, you do not have to be someone's second choice. Like, that's an H to the no. And also, I get so many questions from girls about like, well, like he just got out of a relationship or he was dating for someone for three years and then it's been two months and now we're dating. I would say if someone is just getting out of a relationship or ser- any sort of serious relationship or multi-year relationship, I would say they are off limits, undateable for at least six months, maybe a year. They need time to process that and you do not want to be someone's rebound. Um, so if they're not over their ex, like it doesn't matter how much of a connection you have, you can meet the right person. And if it's the wrong time, guess what? It's the wrong person. Now, other red flags to watch for is drama. Oh my gosh. Don't misinterpret drama for passion. You know, Damien and Gianna had this like, you know, passionate relationship, but there was drama from the beginning. I was not surprised on the wedding day when there was drama in their breakup. So if you don't want drama in your relationship, no, like just be curious. Like, is this 
is this person a walking drama fest? And typically, if there's drama in someone else's life and they can't figure out where it's coming from, well, guess who the common denominator is in all of their circumstances? Them. And I say this as a person that has struggled with inducing drama in my own life. So zero judgment. I have been there. And then lastly, um, watch out for the crazy. <laughs> and as far as like flags not to ignore, dating should be that time when we're putting that best foot forward. Like date, my mom always says like dating should be like easy, you know? It shouldn't be crazy hard from the get-go. And we saw that um, with Cameron. Like, man, so much drama. And they didn't last longer than one day after they got um, out of the pods. So if there's crazy in the beginning, it's only gonna get worse. So don't ignore those red flags or yellow flags. I mean, Lord have mercy. I would have saved myself so much drama if I would have just seen red flags and been like, yeah, I don't want that. Um, because also I think what we can do as women is we're like, I'm going to fix him. He's going to be my project. No, 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 no. Remember, we we don't need a project. We can like have craft day. Like we want a man that is like up to our level, right? So no projects, like no fixing. All right. Another lesson learned from Love is Blind it is from Kelly and Kenny. Like I really appreciated their relationship and she ultimately, she couldn't get there. Like she wasn't attracted to him. Like there was something that was off there. But what I think is an incredible lesson learned is like she gave it a try. Like, oftentimes you're like, oh, I'm not interested. I'm not even going to go on a first date. Or you go on a first date and you're like, it's not there and you squash it. Give it a try. Like, give it a real try. And if it's not there, it's not there and you can walk away. But don't not go out with someone just because right off the bat you're like, well, I like blondes and he has brown hair. Or I don't know, like, he doesn't like cycle classes and I'm obsessed with it. Be willing to be wrong about some of your preferences and be willing to get to know someone for who they are. And also, like, I know there's a lot of Christians listening to this. We get so gripped about, like, is this person a Christian and wanting to, like, interview this person and know online before you get in person, like, where they're at with God. A relationship with God is a relationship, and it ebbs and flows. And if you want to know what someone's relationship with God looks like, those are interview questions. Like, it takes getting to know someone over time. Like, what we love naturally comes out out of us. So be curious about getting to know someone before just like bringing those resume questions and then being like, nope, 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 nope. Because I think oftentimes like we approach dating as women. I can't speak for the men, but like we're already like this probably isn't going to work out. We have a posture of defeat. And so we create that reality instead of I'm like, what would it look like to have a posture of hope in our dating next? So wait, one more thing. Just go Kelly for giving it a shot. Next, lessons learned from Love is Blind. Work on your ish. Oh my gosh. Like this one largely comes from Amber and being in debt. You know, I don't want to hate on her. Listen, y'all, like I was in $30,000 debt and I paid, I finally paid off all of my debt in 2019. And maybe I should do a podcast on that. If you want me to, just let me know. But all that to say is I'm not judging someone for having debt. Like a lot of people have school debt or like when I started my business or when I moved to New York, like I lived above my means for a little bit. Um, but like, I think the principle here is like, what is the type of person you want to be with? 
and you get to be that person. So for me, like financial freedom and financial wisdom is so important to me and my partner. And I got so convicted about that a couple of years ago because I was like, I want to be with this person that um, has a job and is financially stable and it's not bringing debt into our marriage. And there I was sitting on a ton of debt. So who is the type of person you want to be with? And where in your life can you grow? Go to therapy. Oh my gosh. If there's anything I can tell you is go to therapy. Make your bed, fold your laundry, work on adulting, pay your bills on time. Like be the person that you want to attract. Get awesome hobbies. Like if you want to travel, travel. Don't wait until one day when you may or may not meet someone. Live your life and work on your ish and be committed to growth. My coach calls it having a beginner's mindset. Like be willing to be wrong. Be willing to learn. Be willing to grow. It's so easy, I think, as women to say like, oh, there's no good guys out there. And then we're just so focused on what guys aren't doing that we're not looking at the own plank in our own eyes. So work on your stuff. Grow, grow, grow. Be committed to a lifetime of growth. Now, lastly, what I want to say, this is not really a lesson learned from Love is Blind, but just like dating in general, like obviously you're going on a show like Love is Blind, like there's that pressure to get married. And listen, I think the best thing that we can do is be clear and surrender. I am 100% clear that I'm looking for a serious, committed relationship that is leading to marriage with a guy that loves God and loves people. I'm so clear about that. But in dating, I kind of have to surrender that as I get to know someone because on date one, I'm not going to know if I'm going to marry that person. It may not even be on date 10 that I know that. I might, but I might not. So I think we put so much pressure on dating. And I say this so often, like dating is a curb, not a cliff. And if we're able to be clear with what we want and then hold it loosely and be like, you know what, God, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to get to know this person and trust that you're going to lead me with wisdom and discernment. And I'm just going to get to know this person. And, and then like, then your brain can like shut down or you can like take your thoughts captive and like shut down that voice in your head. That's like, but is he the one? Is he the one? Is he the one? Is he the one? Because when we're really just in our head looking for like, is this person the one? We're objectifying and flattening them to fulfill this desire that we have as opposed to like looking at a person like a multifaceted, multidimensional person that God created and that God loves and getting to know the full of them as opposed to like, well, will you fit into the plan that I have for my life? So be clear with what you want, friend, and surrender. Okay, I've just flown through this. My my throat is kind of hurting. Um, I feel like maybe I should learn how to talk slower on these solo shows. Um, but just final reflection questions to think about for you is, do you know what you're looking for? Are you clear about what your non-negotiables versus your preferences are? Are you the type of person that you're looking for? What do you need to work on? And finally, because I know you're going to ask it, would I ever go on Love is Blind? Because a lot of you know that I have applied to be on The Bachelorette like twice um, and didn't get on that. Um, And so what about Love is Blind? Honestly, at this point in my life, I probably wouldn't go on it. I'm just not entirely convinced that I would meet the type of guy that I'm looking for on a show like that. 
Maybe that's a limiting belief, but that's just kind of where I am at right now. But honestly, I feel like if you're interested in it and you pray about it and feel peace about it, go for it. I just feel unconvinced that I could meet like the person God has for me through that. Now, God, hear me. God, you can change my heart. <laughs> but that is just where I am at. All right. I want to know what you think about this episode. I want to know what you think about Love is Blind and anything and everything that I said here. If you agree, if you disagree, tell me all the things. We're going to put in the show notes my YouTube of my blind date that has like over 235,000 views on it. It's crazy. Like one of the most vulnerable things ever is having a blind date on the internet for people to see. So those are my thoughts. Have a good day. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. If you are new here, maybe you've listened for a long time and there's topics, questions, comments, concerns that you have about what we're up to. Follow us on Instagram, The Refined Woman. Send me a DM and I will get back to you and let me know what you want to hear about. Let me know what you want to talk about. And I would love to make that happen for you. Have such a fabulous day. (laughs) Bye.